Good morning, and welcome to Simply Finance. It's Sunday, February 18th. On today's show, St. Louis receives a D-grade in the 2024 Financial State of Cities report, while Trump's finances are impacted by a New York fraud case ruling. Plus, the LA City Council sends back a financial report on the cost of the safe streets measure. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Finance. We start off with a new report analyzing the financial state of many large U.S. cities, which has ranked St. Louis among the worst in fiscal health, giving it a D financial grade. The report, released by Truth in Accounting, a nonprofit that analyzes national trends in financial data, offers insights into 75 of the largest U.S. cities and their finances. Here to discuss this further is James, a correspondent for Simply Finance. So James, what are the key findings of this report? The 2024 Financial State of the Cities report ranked St. Louis 64th among 75 U.S. cities in terms of fiscal health. According to Truth in Accounting, St. Louis needs nearly $1 billion to erase its debts, which translates to an average taxpayer burden of more than $11,000. It's worth noting that only 22 of the 75 cities analyzed reported a taxpayer surplus. That's quite concerning. What factors have contributed to St. Louis's fiscal health? The report indicates that despite increased tax revenues and COVID-19 relief funds, St. Louis, like many other major U.S. cities, does not have enough money to pay its debts. The city did see some improvement in its financial state with help from tax revenues and relief funds, but the gains are somewhat deceptive due to outdated pension data. Can you elaborate on the issue with the pension data? Certainly. The report suggests that if St. Louis's pension investments experienced the same major decrease that most other cities experienced in 2022, the city's pension debt would be higher. It's also worth noting that St. Louis had set aside only 87 cents for every dollar of promised pension benefits and no money set aside for promised retiree healthcare benefits. What could be the potential risks for the city's fiscal health going forward? Truth in Accounting warns that continued market fluctuations, changing investment values, decreased COVID relief funds, and a stabilizing economy could slow tax collections which could pose further risk to the city's fiscal health. And how did other cities fare in this report? Washington, D.C. was ranked as having the best fiscal health with an average taxpayer surplus of $10,700. On the other end of the spectrum, New York City was ranked as having the worst fiscal health with an average taxpayer burden of $61,800. Thanks for those insights, James. Now, shifting gears to legal news. Former President Donald Trump has been spared the corporate death penalty in a civil case alleging fraudulent misrepresentation of financial figures. However, he still faces significant cash penalties, outside supervision of his companies, and borrowing restrictions. Here to delve into the details is our correspondent. Can you tell us more about this ruling and its implications? Certainly, David. The New York Supreme Court Judge Arthur Engoron ruled against the dissolution of corporate entities that hold many of Trump's properties, which was a possibility raised in a pretrial ruling last year. Instead, the court will appoint two monitors to oversee the Trump Organization to ensure it doesn't continue to submit false figures. What does this mean for Trump's businesses? 
Well, the ruling has several implications. Trump has been banned from serving as an officer or director in any New York corporation for three years, and he's prohibited from taking out loans with New York banks. His company and other defendants have been ordered to pay hundreds of millions of dollars in fines. The total judgment comes to $364 million. That's a significant amount. How is this likely to impact Trump's finances? It's a substantial hit. The penalties come at a time when Trump is facing other steep legal bills from several criminal cases. He's also been hit with $88 million in judgments in sexual abuse and defamation lawsuits. Additionally, he's required to pay interest from the dates when he received benefits from his alleged fraud, which adds another $100 million to his bills. However, Trump's lawyers have said they will appeal, which means he won't have to hand over the whole amount yet. What about the potential sale of Trump's properties? The judge's ruling in September was vague about what he meant by a dissolution of Trump businesses. But it could have led to a sale of not only his New York properties, but also his Mar-a-Lago club in Florida, a Chicago hotel and condo building, and several golf clubs. However, the judge backed down from this, saying monitors were sufficient. And what about the ban on Trump serving as an officer or director for a New York corporation? While the ban suggests a big shakeup at the Trump Organization, the real impact isn't clear. Trump may be removed from the corner office, but as an owner of the business, his right to appoint someone to act on his behalf has not been revoked. However, much depends on how the monitor will handle Trump's attempt to run his company by proxy. What about the ban on getting loans from New York chartered banks? This could be a potentially devastating blow given so many major lenders are based in the city. However, Trump has cut his debt by hundreds of millions in recent years and won't need to refinance as much. The impact on funding for future businesses could be significant, though. Without access to banks, he may be forced to use cash to finance new ventures, which won't be easy given his cash payments. But only banks appear banned in the ruling, leaving Trump free to borrow from alternative financiers. That was Simply Finance reporter Bella, providing insights into the recent ruling against Donald Trump and its implications. Now, shifting gears to local politics, the City Council of Los Angeles has requested further financial analysis of a street safety measure known as the Healthy Streets LA Ballot Measure, which is set to appear on the March ballot. The measure, if passed, would require the city to implement street modifications as outlined in its Mobility Plan 2035. Here to discuss this further, is our correspondent, Michael. Can you tell us more about this measure and the concerns raised by the city council? Certainly, David. The Healthy Streets LA ballot measure is a resident-led initiative that would require the city to install street modifications whenever improvements are made to at least one-eighth of a mile of roadway. These modifications are part of the Mobility Plan 2035 a 20-year city planning document aimed at improving LA streets and promoting other modes of transportation. However, since its adoption nine years ago, only 5% of the plan has been implemented. What are the financial implications of this measure? According to Matt Sabo, the city's administrative officer, Measure HLA would cost the city $3.1 billion over 10 years, which is an additional $600 million from his original estimate in November 2023. However, several city council members have criticized the report, 
for not providing an accurate financial analysis and failing to provide a complete picture of what Measure HLA means for the city. What are the specific concerns raised by the council members? Councilman Bob Blumenfield, who chairs the council's Budget, Finance, and Innovation Committee, expressed concerns about the cost multipliers used in the report. He also highlighted the city's serious traffic safety problem, stating that traffic violence took the lives of 336 Angelinos in 2023, and over the past five years, more than 1,500 residents have been seriously injured annually. He pointed out that the economic cost of traffic deaths and injuries in Los Angeles is more than $4 billion a year. How does the city plan to fund the implementation of this measure? Sabo stated that the measure would not provide any financial resources to the city to implement the plan. City officials would have to work with existing pools of funding to meet its requirements. The estimates were conservative, not including escalators. He highlighted mobility plan components like the Bicycle Lane Network, the Bicycle Enhanced Network, and Pedestrian Enhanced Districts that are required to be in good repair and ADA compliant. What are the potential impacts of this measure on the city's existing programs? Councilwoman Tracy Park called HLA an unfunded mandate and questioned whether the mobility plan, as enforced by Measure HLA, would impact the city's pavement preservation program. There are also concerns about how the measure will impact response times to medical emergencies if traffic lanes are reduced to accommodate bike lanes or other features. A representative from Streets LA said the measure could lead to the deterioration of streets as a result of delays to repavement and resurfacing services and increase the city's liability. Thanks for the insights, Michael. In other finance news, Ulster County's former finance commissioner, Bert Golnick, has been sentenced to two consecutive one-year terms in Ulster County Jail for embezzling over $100,000 from the Hurley Recreation Association and the campaign of former County Executive Mike Hine. Here to discuss this further is Celeste, a correspondent for Simply Finance. Can you tell us more about this case? Certainly, David. Gulnick served as treasurer for both the Hurley Recreation Association and Mike Hine's campaign. He was found guilty of siphoning off funds from these organizations for his personal use. The sentence handed down by visiting Judge Deborah Young is less than the one to three year state prison sentence that had been previously agreed to as part of a plea deal. Why did the judge deviate from the original sentence? Judge Young did not provide an explanation for the deviation. However, it came after Gulnick's attorney mentioned during a court proceeding that he had received information that could influence the sentencing. The judge did emphasize that the nature of Gulnick's crimes and his deceitful behavior warranted a jail sentence. Can you elaborate on the nature of Gulnick's crimes? Gulnick obtained an ATM card without the board's knowledge and used it over a four-year period to withdraw roughly $61,000 from the Hurley Recreation Association's account. The thefts were discovered when the president of the organization noticed a discrepancy in the account balance. Gulnick also stole $15,000 from Hines' campaign account. He was arrested following a months-long investigation. What was Gulnick's response to these charges? Gulnick apologized for his actions in court, expressing regret for violating the trust placed in him. He claimed that he committed these thefts to provide his children with a better life. However, 
the district attorney pointed out the irony of stealing from a children's organization to satisfy his own children's perceived needs. What are the implications of this case for Ulster County's financial management? Golnick's arrest prompted the county to request an audit of its financial records by the state comptroller's office. That audit is still ongoing. Golnick resigned as the county's finance commissioner when the allegations were made public. His attorney stated during the proceeding that Golnick has made restitution to both organizations. That was Simply Finance reporter Celeste. Thanks for the insights. And on that note, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Finance. We'll see you back here tomorrow.